If you would take your Bible this morning and uh, turn to Ephesians chapter 2, and we're going to look at verses 1 through 9. If you got your church app, you can press the Bible portion of that, or you can press the sermon notes, and uh, there'll be a blue section of scriptures you can press to open up the scriptures as well. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 9. I've been preaching on the uh, subject, the gift, through the month of December, and we're going to be kind of winding that down today. And what I want to preach on this morning is the gracious gift of all. Now, some of you may immediately thought, Graces. I don't think that is actually a word. Well, you might not find it in the dictionary, but you'll find the reality of it behind God's word. Many of you may have seen the movie, The Greatest Showman, that was released about two years ago. And it was about the life of P.T. Barnum. And P.T. Barnum had this vision, this dream to start a wax museum where people would buy tickets to come and see the different figurines that he would have in this museum. So he got it started and... After he got it started, he began to promote it. Didn't have a lot of ticket sales and things weren't going that great. And then he got some advice from his children. He said, Dad, why don't you put some real people in there and make the museum come alive? Well, he thought about that for a little bit and he decided a few things began to hit his mind. And he decided, you know what? I think I'll take their advice and I will make this museum come alive. Take a little bit different approach. And that's what he did. And so he began to do something kind of unusual, and that was he went out and sought out people who had unusual characteristics about their physical being, people who had unique gifts and talents, and he began to search those out, and he ended up uh, finding a lot of people who had these unusual characteristics that he tried to encourage to be a part of what became Barnum's Circus. And so he put together these people with all these unusual gifts and talents and began to start this Barnum Circus and it began to be popular and people started coming and uh, it became to a point that it was identified as the greatest show on earth and P.T. Barnum became known as the greatest showman and that is where that movie came from, The Greatest Showman. Now, P.T. Barnum was gifted at finding people with unusual characteristics about their life that may have felt like that their life was dead. They had no life because people saw them as freaks and other different ways that they would express the unusualness of these people. But P.T. Barnum said, this is a unique gift you've got and let's turn it around and make it come alive and make something positive out of it. So he had a gift that he gave to other people that showed them grace in the unusual characteristics of their life that brought out something good. And because of that gift, he became the greatest showman. As we look at the scriptures today in Ephesians chapter two, we're gonna see that God has a gift for each one of us and that is that gift of grace. And we'll see that it's given to us kind of as the greatest gift of all, but what I wanna call this morning is the gracious gift of all. So let's look at this in Ephesians chapter 2 and verses 1 through 9, reading this out of the uh, New King James translation. And it says, you he made alive, talking about God made us alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and the mind, and were by nature children of the wrath, just as the others. But verse four says, but God, who is rich in mercy, became of 
or because of his great love, which, which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. It's the gift of God, the gracious gift of all. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. If you were to look at these scriptures, it's obvious in that last verse that I read that it's talking about this gift that God has for us. And there's that word grace that's mentioned three different times in these nine verses. So it's letting us know that this greatest gift that God has for us, we might call the gracious gift of all. And as I look at these scriptures, I see that uh, God identifies to us who this gift of grace goes out to. The gracious gift of all is the gift given to one that needs it the most. God's gift of his grace, which is the gift of salvation, is a gift that is given to those who need it the most. And if we look at verses one through three, there's a few things that are identified in those first three verses about who this gift of grace is to. It identifies it as those who are dead in sins, meaning that God is offering his gift of grace to those who have spiritually died because of sin that has come into their life. And so he says, this gift that I'm giving you, this gift of grace, is to those who need it the most, those who have died in their sins. Sin has come into their life and caused them to die spiritually because the Bible tells us that uh, because of our sins, we die eternally. It's eternal death in hell. So he tells us this person who needs it the most is the person who is dead in their sins, the person who is disobedient to God, those who have gone against God's desire. Now, one of the things, if you study the word sin, you'll see that it comes from a word that means to hit the target, to hit the mark. So when the Bible says that we have sinned, Sometimes in our mind, we're thinking, oh, that's people who have killed, those who have stolen, those who have cheated. I'm not really a sinner. But when you receive the reality that sin is missing the mark of what God desires for you, then you kind of understand we've all messed up occasionally, haven't we? We've all missed the mark and not hit right on target of what God wants us for us in our life. And so it tells us the person who needs this gift of God's grace, this gift of salvation, the one who needs it the most is the one that's dead in their sins, the one that's disobedient to God. And it also mentions those who are desirous of lustful things, lust of the flesh and the lust of the mind. So it's talking about that in our own personal human personalities, we lust after things that go against what God desires for us. We lust after things that fulfill fleshly desires, things that our mind imagines. Now, as I say that, Let's get it perfectly clear that God gives us some things that are gifts and blessings of the flesh, aren't they? The thing is that we twist things around, don't we? God gives us the gift of sex for a man and a woman in a marriage relationship to have a beautiful, wonderful connection with one another that you can't have with anybody else. But when you take that outside of marriage, then it becomes sin. So we have a way of kind of taking the gifts that God has given us that are good things of the flesh and good things of the mind and we twist it and take it in a wrong direction outside of God's plan. And so 
The Bible is telling us this gracious gift of all is the gift to those who need it the most, who are desirous of lustful things. Now, as we look at that, probably a lot of people were saying, yep, I can see that. A person who is dead in their sins, a person who is disobedient to God, a person who has desirous, lustful feelings and emotions, I can see how they need God's grace in their life. But I don't really feel like I'm dead in my sins. I don't feel like I've been disobedient to God. I don't feel like that I've really been this person who has a lot of lustful desires in my life. Well, I want you to look at something in verse three that maybe kind of brings a little light to how God sees it. Here's what it says in verse three. Among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and the mind. And we're by nature children of wrath, just as the others. The expression is we've all had some mistakes in those areas. In some way, in some form or fashion, we have missed the mark and we have failed God. And so the Bible is letting us know in this scripture, we've all fallen in some way. And so we all are the ones who need the gift of God's grace. Who needs it the most? The Bible says that for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, hasn't it? Now, I don't know about you, but when I hear the word all, that includes everybody, doesn't it? Nobody left out. So if I said, I love all of you, that would mean nobody's left out, I love you all. If I said, I want all of you out of the building, that means nobody left behind. Now, don't nobody leave, I want you to stay, because I do love you all. But the word all means there's nobody left out. It is totally inclusive. And so the Bible is when you look at this and you think, okay, the gracious gift of all is the gift given to those who need it the most. The Bible is saying in some way, some form or some fashion, we've all missed the mark and we all need it the most. The other thing we see about the gracious gift of all is that it's a gift given to the one that loves you the most. It's not only a gift given to the one who needs it the most, but it's a gift given by the one who loves you the most. I don't know if, if you have a tendency. Now, let me just ask this question. How many of you opened some gifts over the last week during the Christmas holidays? How many of you? It just looks like about everybody raised their hand, opened some gifts of some form, some way. Now, when we opened gifts I, over the Christmas season, I had received some gifts from some of you. I had received some gifts from my children, from my grandchildren. I'd received some gifts from my wife. And I just have this tendency that when I start opening gifts, if you give me a bunch of gifts from different people and I start opening them, the last gifts I'm gonna open are the ones from my wife. I don't know if my family's ever noticed that, but I always open her gifts last. You know why? Because all of our family started from me and her. My children, my grandchildren, they came from us. And so I love my kids, I love my grandkids, but in some way, I love her the most. And so when I begin to open those gifts, I save the one who loves me the most for the last. It's kind of like when I eat food, y'all know what I eat last, don't you? Desserts. Was that Jansen that said amen, yeah? He knows me. I save the dessert for last. That which you know I love the most, right? 
I saved that for last. Well, the Bible is telling us here that God loves us. And that he, it's used in the Greek words that expressed an abundant love, an agape love, which is the greatest expression of love. And so this grace gift that God is offering is coming from the one who loves us the most. The Bible tells us in Romans 5, 8, it says that God loved us even while we were sinners. Now that's great love. It's letting us know that God's gift of grace is not to us because we've been good. It's not because we've done something to earn it. He loved us even while we were sinners. Even when we were messing up and rebelling and disobedient to him, God loves us. And so God is expressing to us that he loves us. And when I was thinking about this expression about gracist and loving us the most, I don't know if y'all have ever had in your family where you start this kind of response of, I love you to somebody in your family and you say, I love you. And then they say back to you, I love you more. And then you got to top that and you say back to them, I love you the most. And then comes the final line, right? I love you the mostest. Now you're probably not going to find mostest in the dictionary at all, but it's kind of topping things off, isn't it? Well, this grace gift, and you know what grace is? It's undeserved, unmerited favor that God gives us. He has given us his blessings, the gift of salvation, even though we've done nothing that we should get it for. And so God is saying, I love you. We say, I love you. He says, I love you more. You say, oh, I love you the most. He says, I love you the mostest. That's why I give you grace. The gracious gift is also given to the one that is impacted the most. The Bible tells us here in verses six and seven, that he has raised us up. Look at those verses with me. And raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. So the Bible's letting us know that this gift of God's grace, it's not like something that's just temporary. It's not just a little taste of something. Don't you hate to just get a little taste of something and it leaves you hanging? I'm a, I'm a especially when it comes to anything with lots of flavor, it, whether it's food or desserts. I, I, when I get it, I gotta have a big mouthful. I mean, I gotta get all of it. And Joyce is the, the opposite. When we first were dating, got married, she, when she tastes something, it was a little taste. And so she would say, would you like a taste of this? And I'd say, sure. And so she'd hold it out and let me get a little taste off of the end of the spoon. I've been going, oh, come on, girl. Give me the whole spoonful. I got to get the impact of how good this is. And that's the way that God's gift of his grace is to us. He wants us to know the impact, that it's gonna impact us the most. And he's telling us that he's gonna raise us to heavenly places, which lets us know we're gonna have an eternal home. And it also tells us that he's gonna give us the riches of his grace and his glory. So the Bible's letting us know that this gracious gift of God is not only to those who need it the most, by the one who loves us the most, but it's gonna impact us the most. Can you see there's a lot of most in here? The mostest? God is saying, my grace, that I wanna give you this gift of salvation, I'm giving it to those who need it the most and everybody needs it. 
And I'm giving it to you because I love you the most. I have the greatest gift for you. Nobody loves you more than I do. And no matter how much you mess up, I still love you. And this gift of my grace, this gift of salvation, it's gonna impact you the most. It's not only gonna affect you here on this earth, but it's gonna affect you for all of eternity. Because I'm gonna raise you up and I'm gonna give you all the riches of my grace and my glory. When you and I come to receive God's gift of salvation, we give our life to him, our life is totally impacted. It changes things. And it's gonna change your life on this earth and if you've been saved for a while and you've forgotten where you've been and where you've come to, it might be a good time during this Christmas season and going into the new year to think about where your life was or what direction it was headed before you accepted Christ, knowing that all it takes is one sin to head you towards hell. Think about where you were and where you were headed and what your life was like and then what Christ did in your life. You know, one of the things that when I study the Old Testament, I don't know if you're like me, but I can study the Old Testament and I can see the children of Israel, they're, they're serving God and they're being good godly people and then the next thing you know, they fell off the cliff and they're living in sin and living in adultery and they're just going crazy. And then God has to get their attention and draw them back to him and then they'll, they'll finally realize that once they're kind of suffering, they'll come back to the Lord and they'll serve him and they'll love him and they'll try to be good godly people and the next thing you know, they fell off the cliff. And yet, as I read through the Old Testament, it's just like this continual cycle. They love God, they serve God, they fall off the cliff. They come through punishment and they realize they need to turn their life around. They love God, they serve God, they fall off the cliff. And it just keeps on cycling. And when I read and study the Old Testament, I, I, sometimes I just, I'm holding the scripture in my hand and I'm going, Do you got, did you guys not ever get it? Do you not get it? God has given you the greatest gift of all to be his chosen people and you keep falling off the cliff. And about the time that falls out of my mouth, God says, and you're just like them. I've given you the greatest gift of all to impact your life earthly and eternally. And you love me and you serve me and then some way you fall off the cliff. And I have to get your attention and bring you back. And I look at the children of Israel and I, a lot of times when I'm thinking, do you guys not get it? And I've preached before one of the things that just kind of stands out to me and that is how quickly they forget. The children of Israel, they, they're loving God and they forget how much God has blessed them and that's when they fall off the cliff, how quickly they forget. And I realize we're the same way, aren't we? How quickly we forget. God has taken us from a destination towards a place called hell and he's given us a destination of heaven. And yet somewhere along the way, we quickly forget that. The Bible's telling us that God's gracious gift to us is the gift to those of us who he wants to impact the most, that we've got an eternal home with earthly blessings. I wanna give you the last thing about the gracious gift of all, and that is, it is the gift that is given to the one that deserves it the least. Now, I told you I've been using a lot of most, right? To the one who needs it the most, this is God's gift of grace, it's to the one who needs it the most, to the one or by the one who has loved us the most to impact us the most. But yet we deserve it the least, don't we? We deserve it the least. 
I want you to look at these last two verses, which end, if you've messed about uh, any time you have studied anything about soul winning and sharing scripture with people about coming to know Christ, there's these scriptures in uh, verses, Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9, that just about is always memorized or learned or used. And here's what it says. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For by grace you've been saved, and it's the gift of God. And it says that it's through faith, and it's not of ourselves, it's not of works. None of us can boast about it, brag about it, or believe we've done something to earn it or deserve it. It's totally a gift. And it's the gracious and the greatest gift of all. And so when you think about God's grace and his gift of salvation to our lives, it is offered to us who need it the most. And it's offered by the one who loves us the most. And it's offered in a way that will impact us the most. But it's offered to us who deserve it the least. And I told you that in that first part that when you look at the person who's dead in sins and that is disobedient to God, and that has desires of the flesh and of the mind, we can look at that and say, yep, that person definitely needs God's grace and the gift of salvation in their life. But when we can look at this and realize that everything that it says in these verses one through nine is us, then we can fully grasp God's grace and appreciate it as the greatest gift and the gracious gift of all. You see, only when you and I realize that these scriptures is talking to every one of us. Doesn't matter if you've been a drug dealer, doesn't matter if you've been an adulterer, doesn't matter if you've been a liar, a cheat, a steal, doesn't matter if you've been a very good person, we've all messed up. And the Bible says all you gotta do is mess up in one area and it separates us from God. And so this is to every one of us, the gracious gift of all. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you today. And Lord, I think about P.T. Barnum. His children challenged him to take that wax museum that was a lot of just dead figurines and put real people in it, make it come alive. And Lord, when we look at these scriptures, we see that by your grace, we have come from being dead in our sins to coming alive in Christ. And that is the greatest and the gracious gift of all. And Lord, I don't want to ever forget it. I can look through these scriptures and as I've preached through it this morning, a person who maybe has never received you as their personal savior, this would really speak to hearts. And a person who maybe is already saved will say, well, you know, I've already been there, done that, got the t-shirt, I'm a Christian, got the membership. But if we ever forget about the greatest gift is God's gift of salvation, and the grace that he has given us, then we're gonna be just like the children of Israel. We're gonna keep falling off the cliff. God's gonna to have to get our attention and get us to start right back on the cycle again. And so Lord, as I read these scriptures, I realize this was me. I needed it the most. And it was by the one who loves me the most that offered it to me. And it has impacted me the most, even though I deserved it the least. I many times feel like the Apostle Paul that I'm chief among sinners. And so Lord, this morning, 
If there's someone here that has not received you as their personal savior, I hope that this morning they remember all the things that I've said from these scriptures about your grace and your gift to us, the gift of salvation. And that today they'll make that choice that I need to give my heart and life to the Lord because I've messed up. But I also pray, Lord, that for those who already are Christians, they know that they're saved, that they would look at their own personal life and be challenged. Be challenged to look at the fact, you know what, I've been given the greatest gift of all, and that is the gift of God's grace and the gift of salvation. I have been blessed earthly and eternally. And I want to serve him with all my heart. So Lord, I believe that no matter where we are, whether we need you as our savior or whether we've already accepted you as our savior, Today, we need to rejoice that this gift of grace is the greatest gift of all. And so while heads are bowed and eyes are closed this morning, if you've never received Christ as your personal Savior, I want to give you an opportunity to invite him into your life and turn your life over to him. So if you're unsure of your salvation or maybe you know that you've never been saved, would you pray a prayer similar to this? Dear Lord, I know I've made some mistakes. I know I've failed you. I've messed up in some areas. But today I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I ask you to cleanse my heart. And I accept your free gift, the gift of grace, the gift of salvation. Thank you for saving me. Now our heads are bowed and eyes are closed. If you pray that prayer this morning and you really meant it, you made the greatest decision of your life. And if you pray that prayer with me to receive God's gift of grace and salvation into your life, I wanna remember you in my prayers. Would you just slip up your hand just to say, Pastor, Pray for me. I prayed that prayer this morning. Gave my heart and life to the Lord. If you prayed that this morning, would you just slip up your hand for just a moment? Nobody looking around but me. Maybe you're here today and maybe you know that you're a Christian. But when you think about how great God's gift is, His gift of grace and salvation, how it should be transforming in your life, should be motivating you to give all you can to the Lord. You realize that you're not quite living up to that. Not living up to that enthusiasm, not living up to that commitment. And you want me to pray for you that things will be different as you go into this new year of 2020. If that's you, would you just slip up your hand to say, Pastor, would you pray for me? Yes, 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 I see those hands. Lord, we come to you this this morning, thanking you for your love and your mercy and your grace. It is the greatest gift, the greatest gift of all. It is what makes us come alive and makes us become new people. And Lord, we've all got some unusual things in our life and in our background. P.T. Barnum was able to look at people with those unusual characteristics and those people who had felt like freaks and felt like their life was dead, no life in it. And he had a gift to just show them grace and bring out the best in them and to bring out their unusual things and give them the gift that can be used to make them come alive. Lord, it's kind of like that's what you do in our lives. You take us in all of our messes and just bring us alive. So God, for those that raised their hand today that made some decisions, Lord, I pray that they would be committed and genuine to the decisions they've made. Lord, I pray that you would just touch them with your Holy Spirit to give them not only grace and mercy and love, but God, give them strength to be faithful to you.
Lord, we're going to give you the praise and honor and glory for what you do in our lives as we end this year of 2019 and go into a new year of 2020. And it's in your holy name we pray. Amen.